When you think of the Wild West of the 19th century, you probably don't imagine herds of sheep, do you? I've never known Hoss Cartwright to um, Cartwright, excuse me, and the rest of his gang on Bonanza to be herding sheep. And I'm not an expert of gun smoke, but I doubt that there are many episodes about the American West that include shepherds and their herds of sheep. We often don't think about the frontier land in the 1800s as being a land of sheep, but did you know that the livestock census of 1870 actually concluded that sheep outnumber cows two to one in the United States? Who would have ever thought that? Although many of the Western TV shows may depict skirmishes between the local sheriffs and those outlaws or maybe even cowboys and Indians in actuality, Many of the skirmishes of the West were disputes between cattlemen and herdsmen who were fighting over grazing rights for the public lands where they lived. It was always a first-come, first-served basis, and if you wanted your cows to be grazing a land and sheep were there, you would often do all that you could to get rid of the sheep from the land. So generally, cattlemen saw sheep herders as invaders of the land, and they were people to get rid of. In fact, there were well over a hundred major skirmishes in the United States relative to cattlemen and sheep herders in Texas and Arizona and Wyoming and Colorado specifically. In fact, 50 men were murdered as sheep herders because of the tensions between the cattlemen and the sheep herders and around a hundred thousand sheep were slain by the cattlemen who wanted them off the public lands of course that part of american history is not well known and it is a tragic part of our history but it proves the essential nature of pasture land whether you're a cattleman or a herdsman pasture is king it's also proof that a herdsman will try to protect the pastures where his sheep or his cattle, if he's a cattleman, will be grazing, and they will do so at all cost. A good farmer understands that his primary responsibility is not to produce produce or to even have a harvest of cows or sheep. The primary purpose of a farmer is to cultivate the ground and to have great pasture land or great soil fertility so that there might be a bounty from the land. A farmer builds the soil so the conditions of the soil produce and provide bountiful vegetables or a bountiful harvest of cows or sheep. A shepherd knows that his sheep and the health of his sheep is directly related to the health of the pasture in which that sheep is grazing. Poor pastures equal poor sheep or rich pastures equal vivacious sheep. So as shepherds focus on pastures and water, so Jesus, our good shepherd, focuses on the word and the rest that is provided for us by the Holy Spirit, the great provisions. And many of the provisions that we have are obviously from the Lord Jesus himself. He desires richness in life. So let's focus in on these first two verses. We're going to really 
talk about the second of the two, but you can't have the second verse without reading the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, Adonai, the great God of the universe. He is the one, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who created it all, sustains it all, and is glorified by it all. He is our shepherd. And what a great shepherd he is. So great is he that we lack nothing. We have no want that God provides for us in all the needs that we have. So we shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I'd like to sort of root down into that second verse and ponder with you for a moment and expound a little bit on the significance of the sheep having green pastures and still waters and how the Lord is the provider in such a way that they lack nothing. So we shall not want, we lack for nothing, the Bible says, as God is our provider. So like a shepherd is providing green pastures and still waters for his sheep, so the Lord provides faithfully to us as we are likened to sheep. You know, sheep are rudiment animals, that is, along with cows and goats and buffalo and moose and elk. There's about 150 species that are... Uh, animals that have four parts to their stomachs and they chew their cud. I grew up with some cows as my dad and mom had a little farm and we would raise the beef that we would eat. We'd sit around the table and we would ask, uh, who is this? Is this Susie we're eating or is this, uh, we have various names of our cows and we would ask, Charlie was another one. And uh, we would, that's just the way I grew up. Come, come in from uh, school, get off the bus and see one of them hanging up on a tree from a tree, uh, the blood being let and being carted off to the to the butcher. It's just just part of it. But I watched those cows many times, and after a day of grazing or an, a morning of grazing, they would typically stand around our gates because around the gates is where we had the the water basins, which was really an old bathtub that we would fill up with water, give them fresh water, and they would stand there and chew their cud, just work at it. Uh, some of you I've seen do the same thing. I don't know what it is about it. It's when we get older, we tend to sort of chew more often when there's no food in there. What is that? The, it's just part of, of what we do, but you're not really ruminating you're just kind of moving your mouth. To ruminate is to regurgitate the food that has been in the rumen, the largest part of a four-chambered stomach, to pull that up from that microbial workings that's been going there and then chew on that a while and then swallow that back down. Doesn't that sound good to you? And aren't you glad that this is a service that leads right into lunch as I talk about all of that cruddy stuff? You know, cud may sound cruddy to us, but to sheep, it's incredible. It's really good stuff. In the same way for all those animals that are uh, rudiment animals. After grazing in the pasture, this is what they do. They forage, and as that rumen part of the stomach is full, then they'll lie down and they will ruminate. They'll bring that back up chew it around for a while and then swallow it back down as it works its way through the stomach so this regurgitating rechewing and re-swallowing is very important to those animals they're eating high fibrous foods that 
the nutrition level is rich for them if they work that process but for other animals it doesn't work for them the richness is there but they have to go through the process in order to receive all the efficient richness and nutrition of that grassy food now you might be thinking what in the world does the digestive anatomy of a sheep have to do with Jesus and me well the psalmist knew exactly what that connection was he's a, sh a shepherd himself and he knows the significance of the Lord being a good shepherd and making us to lie down in green pastures and giving us rest beside still waters what he is saying there is that the Lord has led us to green pastures we have feasted on his goodness on his blessings and as we are full full we can lie down and just chew on that for a while we can ruminate on that for a while that goodness and if you're going to get all the nutritional value all the goodness that God is providing for you then you're going to have to ruminate you're not going to be busy all the time and active all the time. There are going to be times that you purposely are forced to lie down in your fullness of blessings of the Spirit and of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are going to ruminate there. So Jesus Christ provides for us generously. The Scripture tells us that over and over, and you and I know that in our experiences as well. In fact, there's about 170 verses that are directly linked to the rich blessings that God gives us through His Son. Could I just mention some of those wonderful blessings of God, those blessings that are in body, soul, and spirit. Body in that they are the external blessings, soul in that they are the eternal blessings, and spirit in they are the internal blessings you need the blessings of god internally in your spirit that help you emotionally and otherwise relationally you need the external the body body blessings of christ how he helps fortify you give you great increase in your stamina and vitality in your body and health in your body and even in your weakness to make his strength strong known to you in bodily form he's given you blessing and in your soul in the eternal god is blessing you and over and over and over in scripture he gives us that certainty let me just mention about three of them philippians chapter 4 verse 19 my god will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus this is banked on God's glory that he will provide blessings from his glory his bank of treasured glory and he will do so through the good shepherd his son Christ Jesus he'll supply every need that you have or 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work God is providing the richness of life so that every work that you're called to do you can do it by the power and the strength and the fortitude that God has given you through Christ Jesus so one more Psalm 84 verse 11 for the Lord God is a son and a shield the Lord bestows favor and honor catch this no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly there is not a blessing that God withholds from those of us who are righteous in Jesus Christ that ought to bring some rejoicing in us God is a good God amen 
He's a God that's a shepherd that gives us all that we need so that we shall not be in want. Amen. And he will make us to lie down in green pastures. That is, he gives us such goodness with such satisfaction that we can lie down and ruminate on that with great rest that he provides for us with his Holy Spirit. So sheep lie down in green pastures because they have stood and grazed on the goodness and the blessings of their shepherd that the shepherd has led them to. And you and I can do the same thing. We can lie down in rest knowing that Jesus is our great provider who has provided for us rich and bountiful blessings. And when we are full and satisfied him in him, we can rest. And can I just say, we ought to chew on that. We ought to ruminate on that truth and all truth of God's goodness to just pause and dwell on it to think about it so I encourage you if anything you hear in this message hear this I encourage us to ruminate to not chew your cud but to ruminate chew on the goodness of God to think about his goodness and practice that rumination by being contemplative on the blessed provision that God has provided for us as a good shepherd. So when you're standing in the good blessings of God, take your fill and then settle into that and just thank Him, bless Him, ruminate on His goodness and His grace. Settle down mentally and spiritually and ruminate on the good things of God and chew on it. I would encourage us to do that regularly. This afternoon, if given the opportunity, which I hope I will, got to make some hospital runs and uh, do some Father's Day things. But sometime this afternoon, I will ruminate on the goodness of God. And if I have it my way, I'll have either my Bible in one hand or the Bible app opened in that hand, and I'll have an IBC root beer in the other, and I will ruminate on God's goodness and grace that is extended to me out of the portals of heaven he has poured out rich blessings now the psalmist was great at this and he does it regularly he talks about the goodness of god he talks about the reception of god's great grace and the bounty of god and then just as he's reflecting or knowing that he's reflecting on the truth and it just comes out in praise and worship to his god look at this 100th psalm Here's all the psalm, the, the five verses of it. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. There is intentionality to the psalmist about this. What he's calling us to do is to reflect on the goodness of God. To just take time to know the goodness of God. That's what we've done today. We have gathered together and we have made a joyful noise some a little bit more noisy than others but we have made a joyful noise to the lord by being in his presence and in his presence we have chosen to sing hey we should never grow accustomed to the to the wonder of being in the presence of god that you and i are given access to the holy presence of god May that wonderment just fill us and may its goodness restore us and may we settle into that truth and in doing so may we sing. He says, know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. 
man, is that not a good thing to know that not only are we made by God, but God views himself as the shepherd over us who will guide us, protect us, bring provision to us and goodness to us, grace to us. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. We give thanks to him and bless his name. Can I tell you, that is to ruminate. That is to chew on his goodness, to have thanksgiving, to be content and thank the Lord for his blessings. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I would say the psalmist is declaring to us, chew on that. Chew on the goodness of God in song. Chew on the goodness of God in meditation. Chew on the goodness of God in his steadfastness towards us and just ruminate on those things. Would you take a moment in your handout with a pen or pencil and just begin that exercise and just declare the goodness of the Lord to him? Would you just pause for a minute and just reflect on how the shepherd has provided for you richly? I've given you some space in your handout so that you can write it down, and I want everybody to participate in this just to write a few things down, or maybe you're going to go back to that Psalm 100 and just circle some phrases or words and make some notes to the side or in the, the lines provided for you below. Take about 60 seconds and just begin that process of identifying the goodness of God and to ruminate on that goodness, to chew it so that you might have all that blessing that God is bestowing upon you in His goodness and grace. Do that for a moment, if you will. that's 60 seconds of ruminating on the word and the goodness of God now if you're around sheep or cows you know that they can do that for a few hours uh, bringing up what's in that rumen of the stomach and just digesting and working all that treasure out of that food and you and I would do well if we would slow down in life enough to ruminate now take about 20 seconds more and share with somebody near you maybe one or two people just share with them some of the things that you identified about the goodness of God and you just ruminated on that just share it with somebody right now out loud
Now, the next time you're driving down the road and you're looking over in the pastures and you see a group of cows together, or if you're fortunate enough to see a group of sheep together and they're ruminating together, you think about this moment that God has given you great opportunity to chew on the goodness of the shepherd that he provides for you individually and collectively uh, as you get together and think and dwell on the goodness of God. Now, second thing, this whole idea of the goodness of God, the green pastures and the still waters is to rest and be content with what we have. You see, sheep lie down when they are content and satisfied. Now, the prince of darkness who rules over this world tries to rob us of joy and peace in our life that has already been given to us in Christ. In fact, before he ascended to the Father, he said, My peace I leave with you. He gave to us peace and joy. But the enemy tries to rob that from us, and one of the greater weapons that he uses against us is discontent and fear. Those two things rob us. They're the choice weapons that the enemy uses to rob us of the joy and the peace and the goodness that is ours by the Good Shepherd. Worry and anxiety and discontentment are keeping us from rudimenting on the, and resting on the goodness of God. They provoke us to be discontent from the goodness of Christ Jesus. So sheep who are satisfied with the provision of the Good Shepherd are not prone to want what they don't have. Instead, they are satisfied with what they already have. You see, an animal that is ruminating is satisfied with what full they already have. And he's chewing on that fullness again and again and again. They're not looking for more. They're not hoping to graze some more. They are taking in what they've taken in and they are bringing it up and putting it back down and bringing it up and putting it back down what if God has for you the goodness of life and he will fill you with that goodness and then for the rest of that day you will ruminate on that you will dwell on the goodness of God and you will continue to dwell on the goodness of God and you'll bring it back up in conversation with other people you'll bring it up in conversation and prayer you'll bring it up in songs of praise as you're driving down the road that is ruminating but sheep who are discontent are often looking for something else hoping for something else but sheep that are satisfied by the good sh shepherd ruminate on that which has been provided for them. And that doesn't mean that you and I lose ambition, as if we're going to just sit around all the time and ruminate. No, no, we don't lose ambition, but the ambition is certainly changed. The target of it is different. It's not an ambition towards something that is temporary. It is ambition towards what is satisfactory internally externally and eternally that God would provide for us in body soul and spirit we have ambition towards the will of God and to do things in the way of God and that's what he's calling us to do to recognize the goodness and to treasure that goodness be ambitious in it and also know the goodness of God as you have it now Philippians chapter 3 and 4 I'm just going to pull from selected verses here. Paul gives us some clear guidance on this in his own life. Watch this. Here's an ambition that he has. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. 
so have ambition and the ambition is moving towards the prize of the upward call of god the time that you're going to be face to face with christ and ushering be ushered into his presence let it be that what you bring in honor of him is what your ambition is in that moment and look what he says in chapter 4 verse 4 rejoice in the lord always again i will say rejoice what is this rejoicing rejoicing is content with all that god has provided for you and treasured in you the goodness of god and then here's the uh, the chewing on that whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise ruminate on these things think on these things you hear what he's saying there be ambitious towards the things of god receive the blessings of your good shepherd dwell on that goodness and all things that god is leading you to by his holy spirit and dwell on those things and then be content verse 11 of chapter 4 he says i've learned in whatever situation i am to be content i know how to be brought low i know how to abound in any and every circumstance i've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need he has learned to be content my friends when you have contentment in what god has provided for today then you can rest in that goodness of your shepherd and you can recall it throughout the day and receive all the nutrition of that all the goodness of that that the shepherd has provided for you and you can share it with other people as well and god is great uh, gratified in that i like the way robert morgan wrote it uh, about this subject he said the christian life is a simple life and a holy life is one that is quiet and contented at its core in our world of greed people measure success by accumulation christians measure it by appreciation we are thankful for what we have understanding that a merry heart has a continual feast while the world and the prince of the world entice you to cravings for more and more the holy spirit is moving you and me to be thankful and content for what has been provided to us by our good shepherd knowing that we have not a need that goes uh, unsatisfied if we diminish our wants we will heighten our joy can i repeat that because that is the opposite of what the world says if you and i will diminish our wants then we will escalate or heighten our joy the world would say go for more have more do more be more and that you'll have more happiness i'm telling you it's a lie it's to keep you and me discontented from the good things of god so we can't lie down and rest in the company of jesus our good shepherd and at the same time be eager to have more be more go more do more you have to learn and i have to learn to be content with the provisions of the good shepherd discontent really doubts the care and the provision of the good shepherd discontent is rooted in ingratitude discontent discontent demands our unrest it forces us to seek to run to struggle and to clean discontent is the opposite of lying down in green pastures with a restored soul with the still waters of the holy spirit 
you and I need to learn to practice quiet, holy rest that we might ruminate with contentment on the fullness that God provides for us. Could I ask you when you will do that this week? Well, let's just trail it to today. When will you do that today? Well, I don't know, Randy, got a busy day. When will you do that today where you can lie down in the green pastures beside still waters? My purpose is to do that this afternoon. I've already told you the way I envision that to be. It will be outside with my Bible and with my root beer and with my mind engaged on the goodness of the shepherd. How will it be for you? Will it be on the quietness of your back porch this evening? Will it be in the quietness of your closet? Will it be with the TV off and the noise diminished? And just quietness? Will it be hand in hand with your spouse? Will it be you and your children gathered around you talking about the goodness of the shepherd and his grand riches that he's provided for you? Has he met your every need today? And will you think about that good thing? Will you come back to Psalm 23 or Psalm 100 or Philippians chapter 4? Will you come back to any of those in your handout and just ruminate on them? to chew on the goodness that you might have all the richness of that which God has provided for you. Well, being fed by the word of God and resting in his spirit's presence is absolutely essential. And they go together as the under-shepherd of the flock of God. It's my honor to lead the people to good pastures and still waters every single Sunday. I try to feed the sheep of God in your soul and in your mind with the Bible so that you might experience not just the richness of the truth of the Scripture, but that you might experience the refreshment of the Holy Spirit. It's my great honor to do that. In fact, God commands us to do this, to gather together every Sunday so that we might eat together God's Word and we might be satisfied and refreshed by His Word and His Spirit and that we might ruminate together, that we might sing songs together and talk of the goodness of God together to praise Him and to rejoice over Him. This is our purpose as we gather together gather every Sunday to do just that. My friends, as good as this is, and as it is a mandate from God that we do this, it's just one meal. Just one meal, and it is not going to satisfy you throughout the rest of your week. In fact, your good shepherd wants to lead you to good pastures throughout the entirety of the week. And it will be in the morning when you rise up and he draws you to his word and his Holy Spirit will illuminate the word to you or maybe it will be in the richness of the afternoon as you meditate on the word of God or the memory that you have will flush forth in your mind and it will be uttered out with your mouth or maybe it's the song that you sing that directs you back to the truth of God or maybe it's the goodness and grace that God has extended to you in body, soul, or spirit. You just reckon in that. In this we find the presence of God and the rest that we have in the peace of God. Throughout the week, we encourage you to be in God's Word every single day. In fact, in this handout that you have today, and the handout that you'll get next week and the next week, we put in there the Scripture every week that we as a church are reading through. We're reading through Hebrews 1 through 9 this week, and I encourage you to be engaged in that Word and read the passage 
and as you read it god will nourish you he'll nourish your mind he'll nourish your spirit he'll nourish your soul and if you will get all the richness out of that you'll ruminate on it you'll chew on it for a while you'll do it with pencil in hand or with a song in your mouth and with expressions of words to other people you'll bring it up to them and and you'll circle back to it and god that passage that you help me to read today and understand today i just want to circle back and tell you thank you for your goodness and your grace it's meant something to me today it's built me up it's it's helped me through the the challenges of the day that's the goodness of god that he gives us in his word so we ought to be feasting on that but i want you to notice the integral nature of the word of god and the pastures of god and the wonderment of the spirit of god which in this case is by the waters that we rest near you can see it throughout the scripture how this goes hand in hand the word of god and the spirit of god psalm 119 verses 10 through 12 and then verse 18 with my whole heart i seek you let me not wander from your commandments uh, if you know anything about psalm 119 he uses a lot of different words to describe the the bible the word of god commandments is one instruction is another law is another precept is another there's a number of them so when he says commandments he's talking about the word of god let me not wander from your commandments i have stored up your word in my heart can i just tell you that's the rumen that's to be filled with the word of god it's there stored up in his heart that he might bring it up and the spirit will bring it up so that you might be able to chew on that and get more and more nutrition and rich value of that word so i have stored your word in my heart that i might not sin against you blessed are you O lord teach me your statutes now he's read the word received the word stored the word now he's asking the holy spirit teach me your word open my eyes that's the role of the holy spirit open my eyes that i may behold wondrous things out of your law that i might know your goodness Hey, when you open the Word of God this afternoon or in the morning, wherever your rhythm is, or maybe you have multiple times you go to the Word, then ask Him, Lord, I want to know your Word. Open its understanding to me. Open my eyes that I may see. Let it be filling me so that I might chew on it throughout the day and into the evening and as I have a discussion with other people, that it might be part of who I am so the good shepherd provides the food for us is the holy spirit who is providing the rest in that food that has been given to us he is ministering to us consistently and they are ministering concurrently recently i visited the ancient site the tail beersheba it's the an old old site that's uh, predates christ by a thousand years of his ministry here on earth and we were looking at the ruins there where Abraham lived. If you remember, Beersheba, it's where Abraham pitched his tent and dug a well. That same well is there. We saw it and looked down in it, saw the water that's still there. It's an amazing thing to know that you're peering into the very well that Abraham dug, and Abraham was resourced by the living God. But as we were doing that, uh, our, our guide was teaching about the tale itself and the ruins themselves, and all of our group were totally distracted because we saw this going on in the distance it's a herd of sheep and goats 
And at first we thought the shepherd was leading them out. It was actually the dogs that had led them out. And the shepherd actually had to go get his herd and bring them back where they should be because they weren't supposed to be where they were. It wasn't the time of the day for them to do that. But if you notice, you're probably thinking the same thing that we were thinking in that moment. Number one, never seen a herd of sheep move like that. We just don't have those in Rainbow City or Gadsden, Hoax Bluff, Southside or Glencoe. Anybody got a herd of sheep? Uh, we ought to have some herds of sheep so that we can learn about them. But I was learning about these sheep, and one of the things that I was learning is, uh, number one, where they live doesn't look like the prairie plains of the United States, does it? Uh, that's not a pasture. Oh, yes, it is. When the good shepherd's part of it, it's a good shepherd's pasture. You say, well, it doesn't look like it. I wonder what they eat. I wonder what they drink and how they survive. Well, in the Negev, where we were, where if we took this picture in the Negev, which is the desert of the Middle East there in Israel, in the Negev, you will find little tufts of grass all over and those little tufts of grass are hydrated by the minuscule amount of rain that comes in its season. We're talking less than a cup in the desert. But if the conditions are right, there is an early morning dew that comes across the Negev. And it brings enough water to those plants for them to survive. Now catch this. This is the goodness of God. We're talking about God's Word coming to us alongside the Holy Spirit. In the mornings, the shepherd knows that he takes his sheep and his goats out to the pasture where these little tufts of grass are and the dew has wet them and the grass just graze anywhere they find those tufts and there's enough moisture on those tufts of, of grass or weed that they can actually survive in both nutrition and water and they just work that hillside and what you and I would not see to be very bountiful they work that hillside till the rumen of their stomach is full and then they can lie down and begin to ruminate on that I think it's a beautiful picture of how the Holy Spirit and the Word of God work together. God in His goodness as a shepherd to us, providing for our needs, is giving us His Word, His counsel, and the Holy Spirit is opening our eyes to that, bringing refreshment to us in body, soul, and spirit in a way that we are full and we can ruminate on that. But it's more than just the Word of God that the shepherd of God brings to us in our physical needs he meets our needs according to his riches and glory and the holy spirit will bring the application of that into your life so that you might rest in him and in our inner being in our inner man that that inner dialogue we have that longing that we have for significance and satisfaction and and relationship we find that the good shepherd is providing for us there as well and the holy spirit is applying that great refreshment to us as we are in communion with god the father the son and the holy spirit in the negev those green pastures look differently than what our green pastures look like and you might say well i don't know that that will supply the needs of people my friends as jesus is viewing this and he inspires the word to be written 
the pastures are not lush with alfalfa and clover that are growing where you open the gate you push the the sheep or the the cows in and they're satisfied for the remainder of their life it's not like that at all according to god no it is that he will give you today's measure for today's needs this is an important understanding for us to get because if you've got in your mind a green pasture that is just lush and god pushes you in there and says eat your full for the rest of your days my friends you need no faith for that whatsoever you need no daily walk with god himself you're fat and happy and satisfied and god has much more for you he wants much more for you than just to be fat and happy and satisfied he wants to walk with you he wants to guide you to the green pastures he wants to guide you out in the morning early so that you have a great dependence on his holy spirit and you are refreshed by his spirit and he will give you enough for tomorrow listen we often talk about the mercies of god are renewing as the rising of the sun that's because god didn't give you enough mercy yesterday to help you for tomorrow he says as the sun rises i'll give you the mercies for tomorrow don't be worried about tomorrow i'll take care of tomorrow as i'll rise the sun the lord said it this way pray as i am leading you to pray in this model give us this day our daily bread now i'm not much for grocery shopping and whenever i am lassoed into it i want to do as much of it as i can if we need one jar of this i say let's buy three we won't have to come back for another three times but that is not the workings of god the workings of god are ready i will fill you and i'll satisfy you for today i'm going to give you your provision for today some of you are going through struggles it might be physical it might be spiritual it might be financial it might be relational you can trust your good shepherd who will provide in a way that you will have no want unmet no need unmet he will provide for you now he's not going to provide enough for you to carry throughout the week it's not going to be for the next month it's not going to be for the rest of your life he's providing for today trust him for today and as you trust him for today he will meet your need according to his riches and glory and tomorrow you can be certain that he will provide for you tomorrow can you trust him for today yes and if you can trust him for today you can trust him for tomorrow when tomorrow begins no need worrying about it no need fretting about it when sheep are ruminating they are doing so because they are secure with their shepherd and they have been filled with his blessing his goodness and they are ruminating at peace and rest but you let one troubling sound pierce their ears and immediately they'll perk up and they'll get up you let one be discontent and get up and it potentially would cause the others to be discontent and get up we need collectively to rest in the goodness of our shepherd for today to be satisfied with his goodness, to know his security and his grace that has been extended to us, 
to know he is our provider, to know he is the one who guides us. He will manage for tomorrow, leading us to the place where there are green pastures and still waters. And he will fill us and make us lie down at rest with him. But we can't be concerned about tomorrow. We can't fret about today. We can't be hungry for the things of the world. We need to rest with great satisfaction with our shepherd and do that together. Now, in doing so, the Lord who provides perfectly for us will help us to be at rest with him. Now, let's just pause and pray about that. Today's provision is given to us by you, Lord, and we recognize that it's good and it's right. It's everything that we need for food, for shelter, for clothing, in relationship with you. Your word gives us every insight that we need, and your body, the body of Christ, brings the fullness of every relationship the wonder that you have created for us in family, the beauty of creation that causes attention to your glory, all of that is part of your goodness to us as our shepherd. We pause this morning for these few moments to thank you for how you have given us such favor, provided for us such richness in life, that we would lack nothing, no need unmet. And Lord, we might hear the voice calling out to us, but what about this and what about that? And what if this happens and what if that happens? Lord, we purpose right now to be in your care in this moment. And tomorrow will worry for itself. We trust you and we ask that you help us to open our understanding to that truth. And in doing so, we will certainly be the better for it, but most importantly, Jesus will be glorified by it. We choose not to be discontent, but to be satisfied with the goodness of our shepherd. We choose not to live a life of having to have more, go more, do more, be more, the biggest, the best, the newest, the fangled. God, we just choose to rest the provisions that you provide help us to have the ambition that the Lord Jesus had and those whose heart were given to him that we find in the scriptures we pray Lord that our ambition would be that which is eternal it would be a blessing to us and a blessing to others we pray that this would be a life of lived living in the sheepfold of the Savior the Lord Jesus and we thank you for its measure in the name of Above all names, the good shepherd Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.